Hey ladies, I'm Kendra. I'm Nama. And I'm Adelise. And we are Three Three Dope Dope Wives. With over 20 years of collective experience, we're here to give you an inside look at what marriage is really like. Honey, we are airing out all the dirty laundry, spilling all the tea, and telling all the business. Are you looking for something really real? Then honey, pull up a chair and grab your favorite cup of something hot as we dish on all things marriage. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Three Dope Wives, the podcast that gives you the lowdown and the good old insight into the real married life. I am LaKendra Adesui here with my lovely co-hosts, Adelise and Noma. Hey, hey. Excellent. And we're going to just hop right into some good old show today, you guys. Um, We are talking today about boss wives, otherwise known as women breadwinners. Um, we are here with a dynamic, dynamic speaker by the name of Ashley Quinto Powell. She is in the house. And this woman is a dynamic wife boss. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about this woman. Now, she speaks nationally on salary negotiation. Ladies, salary negotiation. How many of us struggle with salary negotiation? She is an expert in that area. Uh, she's very passionate in the realm of motherhood and inclusion. And check this out. Most recently, she was uh, doing a TEDx talk. And um, I believe that was about salary negotiation. If I'm wrong, correct me, Ashley. So she's been talking about this for a while, ladies. She is here to help you get your money right. And in the meantime, she's going to tell us how she's gotten her money right, because we all want to grow up and be just like her. Um, this woman has, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yep. This woman uh, has been named a Bravo woman to watch uh, and in business magazine, 40 under 40. In 2018, she was an Athena Award nominee. Um, you guys, she has been quoted in msnmoney.com, coaching, um, and the Huffington Post. So let me just tell you, this woman has so many things going on, honey. The list goes on and on and on. So without further ado, Ashley, welcome, welcome to the Three Dope Wives podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yes, we are excited to get to know a little bit about you. So um, I just want to hop right in because, you know, we, we, we're going through all the accolades and we're all feeling like, goodness, we just want to be Ashley when we grow up. Um, would you talk to us a little bit about your history, how you got to be where you are? Tell us a little bit about your position, what you're doing currently. Um, if you want to go ahead. Sure. Uh, so I'm a self-advocacy expert, and my business has two sides. So on the one side, I'm a speaker, um, and actually my TEDx was on something called executive motherhood, um, which is the sort of idea that your prime uh, bread-making years are at the same time as your prime child-rearing years, and there exists this really terrible collision uh, that, frankly, we're just not supporting moms through, and it's disrupting our pipeline of female CEOs. Mm. So I speak, um, so that was what my TEDx was about, and uh, I speak to corporations. I speak to um, uh, like women's groups and mm. at conferences about salary negotiation, which I'm really, really passionate about after my years in staffing and consulting. Um, and uh, so that's the speaking side of my business. Uh, 
And then I have a revenue consulting uh, side of my business, which is um, the majority of my work. I've spent all my years in sales, and now I teach startups and small businesses um, in in a service based businesses, mostly B two B. I teach them how to do their sales more elegantly in a way that's authentic to both them and the business. That's excellent. So, um, so you've got this, this revenue consulting thing where you're now talking uh, to businesses. Do you ever, uh, do you ever consult individuals? That's a good question. So um, I do meet with people uh, on career and salary negotiation on an individual basis. I'm not really a coach. Like a lot of people are a coach. I really just want to meet with you like once, tell you how to um, negotiate an offer and then send you, send you on your way making five or 10% more. Um, and, then, <laughs> and then on the revenue consulting side of my business, um, I uh, occasionally coach solopreneurs, but um, hmm. you know, the, I'm pretty big on self-advocacy and, um, and fending for yourself and, and bringing home bacon, no matter whether that's with a corporation or, or on your own. Mm, bringing home the bacon. I love that you just said that. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that you just said that because when we think about, we think about a boss wife, I know that this is an old term. I'm probably dating myself and I'm okay with it. I have come to terms with my age, uh, <laughs> as of late, but, but I don't know if you've heard this term, Ashley, but you know that, um, there was this saying about, uh, making the bacon, coming home, frying it, frying it up in a pan, um, as sort of the, the definition of uh, a woman boss or a boss wife, right? It's it's the going out, earning that money, coming back home and caring for the family. Um, is that how you would define being a boss wife, or is there is there maybe another angle that we're not that we're not really looking at? We know that hasn't actually been my personal experience. Um, I, in, in my marriage, have been fortunate enough to be with someone who. Um, has acknowledged how hard I work outside. And, um, and so really my experience coming home is much more like a traditional dad with a stay at home wife, a stay at home mom. So, um, I actually do the cooking because I really enjoy cooking and frankly, I'm much better at it. Um, (laughs) But my husband has stayed at home with our two kids for the last four years. And now that they're in school full time, um, he, he will go back to work and, um, and that will be a different shift for our family. But that has been the, um, but my husband staying home has been the single biggest factor in my career taking off. Mm. So Ashley, where's home for you? I spent time between Madison, Wisconsin, and Chicago, um, but I really consider Madison my home. I grew up in in the city of Chicago. Um, I'm one of those Chicagoans who, if you say you're from Chicago, you're not allowed to be from a suburb. I need cross streets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, uh, so now I keep a I keep an apartment in Chicago because I do so much business there. Right. But um, Madison is such a wonderful place to raise kids. So I've been here uh, since 2008. And how many children do you have? I have two. They are delightful and blessed with huge personalities. They're five and seven. Mm. Oh, my goodness. That is amazing. That is amazing. So so we talked a little bit about, like, um, making the bacon and then coming home and frying it. 
So how mm-hmm. would you define a boss wife and how do you feel that you meet that definition? Well, you know, I've um I've always classified it as someone who's pushing their career forward in a substantive way and then also raising children and uh and and being a wife. Um you know, I think I started making that distinction because at um, at like social gatherings, there's a real difference between um, me and someone who's not taking their career as seriously. And neither one is better, of course, but I just want to talk about different things, for instance. Um, like I really want to talk about uh, projects that I'm invested in. I really want to talk about speaking at conferences, going to conferences, meeting interesting people. I actually don't want to have conversations um that are much different than that. And, and my, uh, stay at home compatriots often want to, um, are, are not, are not excited about having that conversation. So there's just a disconnect. So I start, I actually started putting together, um, moms who felt really, um, really ambitious in, well, maybe it was, uh, three or four years ago now. Um, and I started a group called the Bossy here in Madison, which now has chapters. Um, there's one in, uh, Chicago and the Madison version of this group has 600 members. So this is moms who are, um, either executives or, or entrepreneurs who are really active in pushing their careers forward in big, big ways. You know, these are not women who want to um, take a step back. They were women who wanted their careers to move forward. And I found that we just discussed much, much, much different things. And I think the difference really is in sort of the what you're interested in and um, and what you want to share with people. So what I'm hearing is you're always looking for the next level to, to elevate yourself, right? Like you're looking for the next business network or some kind of, um, um, I guess you could say like, uh, connection to where you can either bring in business or share your expertise in order to grow someone else. Is that, am I hearing you correctly? Yes, absolutely. And, awesome. um, in a, in a typical situation, we've met, this is what men are talking about. And, um, absolutely. And, <laughs> and I just want, I want to be a part of that conversation. Right. I just want there to be more women with me in that conversation. Yeah, we need more women, right? Like you. So that way we can, we can elevate just along, alongside of our husbands with, um, elevating. Absolutely. That's awesome. So real quick, have you ever, have you always been the uh, breadwinner or is this something that evolved over time? Um, I've always been a moneymaker. Um, and I wouldn't have said I was the, um, I was the primary breadwinner until my husband stayed home. Full time, but I, I've always been a big money maker and also that's always been really important to me. I mean, even since I left college because I like to work so much. Um, you talked earlier about your husband being, um, being key in you being able to be successful. And you said you, you weren't the primary breadwinner until he, uh, he agreed to stay home. Can you talk to us a little bit about how that decision came about in your family, probably and about like how small your children was. I just kind of want to get in, uh, give our listeners sort of an idea of how this thing can go, um, and how it can go well. Absolutely. So, um, we, in, in maybe 2000, at the early, at early, in early 2016, um, when my daughter was a baby and my son was a toddler, 
Um, I, I, I was making plenty of money and my husband was absolutely miserable at his job and, uh, he switched jobs and then hated that too, hated that too, just didn't like his industry at all. And, um, so we, we just, we made the decision to send him back to school, um, and, uh, and give him the opportunity to, um, to decide where he wanted to, where he, what he wanted to do for a profession. And then having, and then having him, um, be at home studying. We still had childcare, but having him be at home studying meant that we learned to live without his income. And, um, and, also, I identified that I really liked that. And, uh, and so we had a discussion about, you know, maybe you would just stay, maybe you just stay home. And, uh, and he ruminated on it and, um, and, and decided, we decided that that would be what we would do. We would save all this money on childcare. And when your kids are that young, childcare can be so expensive. So it really oh, yeah. can make yeah. sense for one person to stay home. Um, and I know a lot of families are, are juggling, you know, how to, does it even make sense? If childcare is so expensive, does it even make sense for us to keep one member of the family in the workforce? And so we sort of had that discussion and, um, and given that he was so unhappy in his industry and had wanted to take a step back anyway, and given that he wanted to be a very, very present father, he decided, he decided that that was the thing he would do. And, um, and he really loved it. I have to say he loved it way more than I would have loved it. Mm. Um, I think I, I always knew that I, I, I wouldn't, when I was younger, um, I had a boyfriend who was forever saying, oh, you're going to make me a stay-at-home husband. And I was like, ew, why would I want to make you a stay-at-home husband? I'm not going to support you. Gross. <laughs> you will you will work and you will be a contributing member of – and I, like, I really lost a lot of respect for him. Yeah. Uh, but, then, oh, you know, that's yeah. like – before we were married or before we had yeah. kids, like you're already thinking about how you can hop on a gravy train, which at the time right. was a very small gravy train. <laughs> <laughs> that part of it, right? Right. So with my husband, it had really evolved into, okay, what, what works best for our family in what it looks like now? And our family has since gone through several iterations. Um, you know, we, uh, we went for a year where I was working full time in Chicago and he was, um, he was watching our kids, which worked out really well. I loved it. Um, and actually during that time, um, and I'm home a lot more, not only because we're in quarantine, because but because I work for myself and get to be wherever I need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but we went through a time where um, I had this woman who um, who took me out for coffee in Chicago, and uh, we talked about our lives. And then she said, "You know, I think I'm your ghost of Christmas future." I had my husband stay at home. He sacrificed his career so that mine could ex- could excel. And now we're in a situation where he really regrets that. And mm. I'm wondering if, if we would have done our lives differently. So I need you to, to know that and do with that what you want. And I sat on it and I prayed about it and, um, for like a month, which actually in my marriage is a real, um, that's a real sign of growth that I didn't like immediately <laughs> explode into a room because I had something to say, but I thought about it. Um, for like a month and I sat him down and I said, listen, um, is there something that we can support you and do? You've supported me in, in doing all of the things that I, that I do. Is there something that we should be, that, I mean, 
Do you want to pursue stand-up comedy? Do you want to pursue writing? Like, what is it that you, we, we can make it happen. You've done so much for me. And my husband said, you know, I have been meaning to have um, a similar conversation with you for a while. I'm enjoying having so much time with the kids. I'm afraid you are going to wake up in five years and say you've missed everything. Mm. Do you want to be home more? And so we both sort of looked at each other and said, like, nah, I'm good. And then we moved on. <laughs> that is too funny. So did you ever have a conversation about, like, if it was, like, hurting? Because I, I guess you did. So when you opened that door of, like, you know, let me, like, what are ways that I can support you? Did, did did the conversation about like his ego, right? Because a lot of our men, they believe that they have to be the provider. Um, right. And it and if they're not the provider, it can really like play into like their mental health. Like a lot of guys will go into depression. Like they, some of them mm-hmm. are like they do really well for themselves and then they lose their job and then they feel like they're not providing for their family. So they go into depression. So it kind of go- leads down like a negative path almost. So have, mm-hmm. have you ever discussed like, is this like killing your ego or like, which, which now that you say that story, like you have had that um, conversation about ways that you can support him and kind of have him do his own thing. Um, but what would you say to like someone like uh, someone that is in your position that is a boss wife or that wants to be a boss wife? Like how do we um, take our husbands into consideration without killing that ego? It's really, it's really an important consideration. Um, my husband is very, very, very manly. Um, he's like a traditional Wisconsin man. He looks like, he looks like the brawny man. Um, and he's not, uh, probably who you would pick out of a lineup as a stay at home dad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, uh, so first of all, I spend a, I spend a lot of time, um, honoring his masculinity. I mean, he is a, um, uh, it's because he deserves that in the same way that any husband deserves that. I feel like we're, women are sort of in an advantage because, you know, we we have been hearing about how hard it is to be a stay-at-home mom, how important it is for a, a working dad, for instance, to come home at the end of the day and not assume it's time to pour himself a scotch, take his slippers off and be served dinner, but important to jump in with the kids because we, you know, we have heard from our stay-at-home mom friends that it is really exhausting to be with kids all day and then have someone come home and that's then you're right. the only break you get. Um, so we've we've been hearing about that our entire lives. We heard it from our moms, we heard it from our friends, uh, we heard it from our aunties. Now we just need to apply that to our husbands, and I actually feel like that gave me a lot of um, a lot of an advantage in terms of knowing what he needed. Because my friends and my family had needed that before and had talked about not receiving that from their spouse. So I just made sure, um, I just made sure that, uh, I, I knew, I, you know, I knew that whatever day I had, his was always harder. And I always came home with that attitude. I'm, 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 well, it doesn't matter what day mine looked like. I'm walking into someone who has been through a war zone mm-hmm. and, uh, and, needs my help now and then also i gotta tell you like it's okay to say oh my goodness you look so sexy when you are washing dishes yes broke that ego oh my goodness (laughs) i feel like that's actually a real thing like you actually do look sexy when you're doing something right (laughs) yes it's so sexy and you know 
but too, his his the perception of him in the world is different. Um, oh. Like he'll be at a park with our children because our children, like I said, have huge personalities, and um, and they just need to get energy out. Half of our parenting style is just I don't know, run around the house ten times, like just get get all your energy out. So he takes them to a park every single day and, mm. um, or weather permitting. Sometimes that's in a McDonald's play place. And, uh, he often gets commented on by other moms like, Oh my gosh, you are just such a good dad. Look at you in this park. <laughs> like, he yeah. goes, he goes doing the same thing, doing the same thing that you are doing. Like, yeah, this is. This is not, this is only unusual because he's a man. So he gets a lot of that feedback that like, look at you, just the best dad ever. Mm. Um, right. And, <laughs> and I think that's helpful. That's so funny that you say that. Um, cause my husband too is in like a look, he's mo- mostly work from home. Um, and so mm-hmm. we, uh, we kind of give each other those breaks. And so when he's out with our son and very hands on, he gets the same ego. And I'm like, yes, just. Fill his head up, gas his head up, gas his head up. Because the times where I'm I'm failing at stroking that ego, um, it sucks when he hears it from someone else, but it kind of gives yeah. me a reminder, too, that I need to give it to him more. So it's nice. It's funny that you mentioned that. Yeah. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about, like, the traditional gender norms. How do you manage the expectation of the conformance to gender norms? Do you? How does that impact? our growth as wives and as professional women? Well, I think it was important that my husband um, really comes to the, he comes to the table really open. So that's important. And, um, and I've never heard him say, I, I, I don't feel comfortable doing that because that's not what men do or that's, Mm. that's a woman's job. I've never heard him say that. So I think that is very, very helpful that he starts in a really good place. Also, we discuss it all the time. And um, in part of my work um, in speaking and talking with um, and talking with women about some of this stuff, it means I come home and I talk through it a lot, which means he hears this um, strong feminist perspective all the time. And he really has an opportunity to say, you know, I understand that or, you know, that is uh, that's that doesn't that's not right. You need to readdress this. And uh, so I think the key is lots and lots of discussion. And sometimes that discussion is just really slow, right? It's like any anything you're you're trying to actively change in your marriage. It doesn't change the first time you talk about it. It changes because you have had endless discussions about it. And everyone has been very open. And um, and it is not. It usually is not the thing you proposed at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But it's something that has gone through both parties and has shifted so that it makes sense for everyone. I want to mm-hmm. go back to something you said earlier um, when you were you were talking about how you originally in the dating uh, arena came across this gentleman who uh, kind of saw you in the light that you're in now and how that was um, a turnoff. Right. And mm-hmm. something that made you like, ew, uncomfortable. Um what do you think shifted your your mindset? Because it seemed like it just kind of organically happened for you. I mean, is that is that the case? Because it seems that there are many women out there who kind of who um, who want to jump in and don't for fear of nonconformance to traditional gender roles or for um 
for fear of whatever they might lose at home. Um, so tell me, how did that, how did that shift come about for you? Well, you know, the, um, the worrying about losing things at home is very, very real. I think the thing that we're, that our generation of moms is learning is that you can't actually do it all. Now we have this, um, push for self care, um, and actually taking care of yourself, but for, mm-hmm. for, decades, the crunch point when things really got tough, when you had a lot of work and your children still needed you, was the only place that that could crunch was you. And so if you wanted to have it all, you had to do it all. Mm -hmm. And um, even recently, I've gotten um, I've gotten uh, stories of women who are like waking up at 430 in the morning to um, to start their day so that they can be fully present. And I believe that that is in exchange for asking for what you need from your spouse on a on a day to day basis. If you are waking up at 430 in the morning and your husband is waking up at seven and you are going to bed at the same time and you are trying to handle all the stuff and he's very relaxed there, that is also the fault of you not having the discussion. So I think okay. it's so important just to, just to have, to have the discussion and to be, um, and to be really open about having it. And when I talk about executive motherhood, um, in a corporate setting, I often describe it like, all right, when my babies were young, I think every woman went through this, um, whether she admits it or not, but when my baby, my, my first son, well, my son was, um, uh, Maybe he was seven months old. I remember that I was, it was very, it was maybe actually that 4.30 in the morning and I was trying to get him up and fed and get me dressed and my husband out the door so that we could have the baby to daycare and us to work by 7 a.m. And, uh, and I stood there so overwhelmed and I thought, why do people do this? And I didn't mean, I didn't mean go to work. I meant, why do people have kids? Like, this is awful. I don't understand. It is so joyless. And um, I think it is is exactly that moment when it's really, really hard, you know, the hardest it will ever be, um, that husbands for a long time have said, you know, this is really hard. I made plenty of money. Why don't you stay home for a while? And then their their career is allowed to skyrocket mm-hmm. at the expense of ours. Mm-hmm. So we need to, instead of having a discussion where our husbands say, you know, this is really hard. Why don't you stay home? Mm-hmm. We need everyone in our lives to say, this is really hard. How can I help you get through it mm-hmm. and keep your career on the same trajectory? That's so that feels good. healthier to me. Right. I like that. Yeah. A hundred percent. So is, with that being said, like with, with our, our audience that have small children, do you feel like there's a right time to pursue being a boss wife or a womanpreneur, or is it something that um, that you kind of just have you just play by ear and what works for your family works for your family? I think it's probably the latter of that. Um, I've read lots of articles about how women's careers will really take off when they're 60 because mm-hmm. um, and so and I love that. I love that um, that we'll have older women in the workforce. Who, not that 60s is older, mom, um, but uh, <laughs> that, we'll, that we'll have senior women in the workforce who are very well respected and whose careers are taking off, that they're they're viewed as coming into their power 
when they're older because they will have raised children and then gotten back to their careers. And I love that. And actually, I love the idea that I would have a very long, successful career where I could continue climbing for a long time. Um, But, you know, I think um, you have to do what is right for you right at this minute. So that's not always pushing forward. I didn't, I wouldn't have identified myself when I was, when my, when my babies were babies, I wouldn't have identified myself as a boss. I would have identified myself as someone who is really struggling to figure it out and, and working day by day to make sure that I, um, just did a good job at work and came home and did a good job at home. You know, that's such a difficult part of your life that, that that can be that's the win, man. That is that is successful. And luckily at that time I had so much help. My parents were around. I had my husband. Um I Madison is just an easier place to live than Chicago, which I grew up in. Um so I had an oper I really had an opportunity to say, okay, this is hard, I'm gonna get through it, and I want my career to go forward. But you know, you really just have to do what what you have the capacity to do. I love that, um, that that you kind of made this sort of a village attempt, right, at your success, right? So it's not just me trying to get to the next level, but, you know, my family needs care. I need to still be able to get some care for myself. And, you know, I don't I don't want to fizzle out and burn, but these are my goals. And this is how I can um, this is how I believe all of you can help me to get there. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like it, I feel like in the traditional sense that that women feel um, like we need to be more passive, right? When it comes to these things, not speaking up to say, "Hey, this is what I need," right? So, so many women fizzle out and burn at the expense of trying to have it all, right? You mentioned earlier that you can't actually have it all. But is that more of a of a of a definition of self definition of having it all, or do you fully believe that it just it's really just no way? I really feel like it's no way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I've read some really good um, uh, by like uh, nonfiction books lately. One of which is Shonda Rhimes, who um, does such an amazing job of describing like the working mom experience. And one of the things she says is, um, you know, it's like. Um, it's like trying to emulate Whitney Houston's hair. It was always a wig. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that meant that a, um, you know, like a generation of women were trying to get something that, that Whitney Houston fully purchased. Just put yeah. it on her head. Just like that. And, um, and so we keep looking at other women and thinking like, well, they're able to do it all. They're able to have something done at the big sale and they are able to, um, have a full time job and they are able to, um, succeed at work. And the, that is not the reality. The reality is that people who are actually succeeding at work have, um, plenty of help at home, um, or, uh, or it's suffering. And so they're taking on the brunt of it and they're the ones not sleeping. I mean, this is, it's important to identify what reality is instead of the Instagram version of that. Oh my and, gosh. uh, <laughs> <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> that that is facts yeah that is Mm -hmm. hashtag facts right I love that because I I I feel that I I I, and I I know I've been guilty right because I read I read lean in and then I was like oh (laughs) 
You can't, oh, you need somebody to help. Oh, you can't just, uh, blow up instantaneously and go forth and blaze trails and, mm-hmm. you know, have a gorgeous, beautiful family and children that are well attended and minding and, and have a well balanced diet and be a hundred percent fabulous, right? Because, uh, Instagram, Facebook and social media all kind of give you the, um, I want to say the, the photoshopped version of right. that life <laughs> that we all want. I guess on the motherhood front, I, I'm a little, I'm a little curious when, um, when you talk about not being able to have it all and you talk about this reality that it is, do you ever feel, because you mentioned earlier your kids are five and seven, right? So do you mm-hmm. ever feel like you're missing those milestones or those pivotal moments where your kids are concerned at the expense of going forth and being an awesome, you know, uh, womanpreneur? No, in short, um, I don't. The, um, the thing that I am missing out on is administrative time. Um, even when I was in, uh, when I was working in Chicago, I was gone four days a week. I missed lots of bath times. I missed taking my kids to school. Yeah. I, I wasn't there for it. But in exchange, we did a lot of awesome stuff that we were able to say, okay, how do we want to spend the time that we have? We went hiking. We went camping. We did all of this amazing stuff. We got to go to museums. Um, we, I, I sort of determined at some point that um, what we were doing as a family on a weekend was only what other people did for birthdays. We would go to like, we would go to restaurants and everybody else there would be celebrating a birthday because it was a special birthday place for my family. It was a Saturday because Saturday is special. Mm. And, uh, and so that's what we got. I just exchanged the administrative time. It is exactly like what a dad in the 1950s got to do. Somebody else handled all of the fighting and all of the I need a snack and all of the please don't fight with your sister and please don't kill your brother. And uh, and then someone else got to swoop in and enjoy all of the best parts of parenthood. And frankly, that's what I got in those in that year that I was in Chicago. I really enjoyed it. Now I do much more of the administrative stuff. And I like that, too. It's a different season in my life. Um, and I am, I'm happy to have more control over the day to day, but I actually didn't feel like I was missing anything. I felt Mm. like, yeah, I'm not making lunches, but I don't need to make lunches. Right. Sounds like making the moments, uh, count, right? Yeah. That's a good one. Um, so you're not pulling double duty because you have this, this community. And it sounds like you're not sacrificing your your happiness because, you know, I've heard about this whole happiness penalty, right, to women who are striving and all of that. It sounds like you've really sort of finessed this this balance in being successful. What are what are uh, some keys that you would say? You know, it sounds like sounds like communication, right? Uh, Sounds like uh, building your uh, building your community. Are, are really the two biggest and making the moments matter. I'm trying mm-hmm. to like sum up what I've heard you say so far, but is there anything that you would say, is there a secret sauce to, to the magic? Um, it's so aside from lots and lots of help and being really vocal about what help I need. Remember self-advocacy is fine, kind of my thing. Yeah. Um, I also surround myself with really powerful women like you, Lakendra, and I get lots of energy from women who are doing, who are doing, um, 
interesting, important things and who, um, who are thriving. And so the people that I am surrounded by are, um, people who are way more impressive than I am. And, uh, and that gives me energy and keeps me going. And, um, and also I have some pretty, I have some pretty supportive friends who, um, who are, uh, there when I need them and even there when I don't and are very, very supportive. And, and that has been really, really important. So what, with that being said, Ashley, like what advice would you give for the women, um, the moms, the wives who are interested in going full throttle in their career or position, but are like hindered by the fear or the unknown or husband acceptance, stepping outside of gender norms, all of that stuff. So what's like the one good piece of advice that you would give our female audience? Well, I think for good and bad, everything is changing because we're in quarantine right now. Um, and I think right now it's terrible for working moms. I mean, we're, um, we're being expected to perform at the same level that we were before and perform at the same level as our childless colleagues. And turn around and be full-time caregivers and teachers. And it is, it is too much. It is not, that is not something that is remotely possible for us to do all at the same time. And so what's happening is that we are, um, we are probably faking it at work um, and telling our children to watch this iPad and feeling like we are failing at everything, no matter how hard we try because we are being put in an impossible situation. I think that is a very unfair reality for working parents of any gender right now. But moving forward, we will have um, we will have a workforce that totally understands flexibility and working from home. I mean, this uh-huh. is a great opportunity for many companies who have said no working from home for us is just not possible to uh-huh. figure out that, yes, it always was possible. And here is exactly how you do it. Right. And um, and and. Yeah. And really, we don't need to work from nine to five. I don't work from nine to five. I work from like, I don't know, sometimes 10 to 10. Um, I never work on a Friday. Um, I had, even when I um, work for other people, I really, I, I remember telling, um, the first time I said, uh, I don't work on a Friday afternoon. I just don't. And, uh, and it was like the best thing that I ever said. <laughs> um, but I, I work a lot, but we don't need to, we don't need to be in, in our, at our desk from nine to five. And so we have an opportunity to incorporate um, the things that we're passionate about, even if, if that's work or something else in with all of our lives. And we get to show up to, out to work as a whole authentic person. And we get to show up at home as a whole authentic person. Hmm. So, that's so, so actually real quick, what I'm hearing is that, you're saying that it's um, that making the shift and being comfortable in this kind of shift is good or it will be better for everyone's marriage, for people that are married. It's, better, it's good to communicate and it's good to the 100% open, right? But mm-hmm. do, you think, do you think that the society is ready for the shift? Do you think the society that we live in is ready for this kind of shift? Um, I think uh, I think yes. There are a lot of um a lot of stay-at-home dads um way more than there were 
five years ago, 10 years ago. And it's something that also, um, like millennial dads really want to be. They really want this, you know, being at home with your children is, um, is not considered a second class thing to do. It's considered something that honors both the children and, and, um, and the parents. And, uh, and it is a really valuable experience. It is really, um, it can be really nourishing and fulfilling. I'm told sometimes I come home and my husband uh, is wearing earplugs because he cannot do today with all five senses. So take that with a grain of salt. But <laughs> that is uh, funny. <laughs> but I think, you know, we're, we're in a time where, um, where, where there are more men who want to do this. And it's not 50% of men want to do this, but little by little, we'll start to see that, um, this is a pretty manly choice. This is not, this is not something that is, you know, raising toddlers in particular is a contact sport. It totally <laughs> is. It totally is. It takes every muscle. Yes, every muscle. Oh gosh, I still I still have yet to have that experience, and I, I'm I'm I'll be reaching out to you, Ashley, uh, once I do, just to see you know how how I feel differently. Because I swear, my husband said a similar thing. He said, you know what, maybe you could work and I could stay home. And I was like, oh, never. Are you kidding me? That's stupid. Don't ever say that to me. But, <laughs> but I think I'm just I'm such a traditionalist, right? I'm such a um. I'm so old school and I'm like, I think I've come to the place where I'm like, I'm close enough to 40 that I just accept that about me. I'm just like, you know what? I'm a traditionalist. That's how I roll. I respect everybody else's, you know, thing that they do. Um, and I think everybody's got to do what works for them, but I do see the trends, right? Like I see that things are shifting. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and I do see that, that men are, are staying home at larger rates. And, and what's interesting too is that women are going to college at greater rates. So it seems mm-hmm. that this sort of trend is going to continue to tick up, right? As you have, have when women taking more of these, you know, white collar positions um, Mm -hmm. than men, um, it seems like this is, this is sort of the direction uh, that we're going, especially when we think about uh, the traditional marital structure. Um, I mean, would you agree that that's kind of the way that we're going? And do you think that that's even that, 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 that that we're going to all implode because of that shift? (laughs) I don't think that we'll all implode. I think it'll be, and I think it'll be wonderful. And, um, you know, it's important that we give men an opportunity to express themselves in their families and, um, and, and the traditional male norms are very binding and they are, um, they don't allow for a lot of freedom and they don't, they certainly don't allow for a lot of emotion. And, um, and so there will be an important shift for men too in being able to, be more free and have a larger understanding of what masculinity means. Mm-hmm. Um, but also this shift towards um, women in higher positions and women in um, uh, and more women getting degrees, for instance, mm-hmm. I, that's one of the things that makes my work in salary negotiations so important because now we're talking about um, the way that we raise families and our ability to build generational wealth and, mm-hmm. um, and, how much we're able to put in our 401ks. And so, you know, it's not, if salary negotiation can feel really difficult for only a little bit of gain, but it is um, compounded by an enormous amount over the course of your career and also impacts what your lifestyle will be when you're 80. 
And as we have more women breadwinners, it is really important to pay them fairly so that we are not punishing the husband who stays at home. We're not punishing the children um, into a into a lifestyle of less just because it's their mom who's the breadwinner and not the dad. Mm-hmm. Wow. Ashley, you gave us so many, um, so many gems to hold on to, right? Um, so many things that our <laughs> boss wife community just needs to hear. And, and the, and the ones that are like fearful or just, just unknown on the steps to take. Like, I feel like you gave us so much information to kind of give us that fire. We need to just go ahead and be boss wives, have those conversations with our husbands and just, and, and keep pushing forward. Right. Um, so with all of that and all the good things that you said, tell us a little bit about your organizations, what you offer and how our listeners can get in touch with you if they wanted to use your sources. Um, so just kind of give us a little bit um, about you and how we get in touch with Ashley Quinto Powell. Thank you. Um, so you can work with me in one of three ways. One, um, you can hire me as a speaker. Um, I speak on executive motherhood, inclusion, um, and salary negotiation. And, uh, and as, as part of that, the second way to work with me is as a salary negotiation coach. I can be hired for an hour to um, help somebody through a very specific offer. But the way most people um, interact with me is uh, in my work as a revenue consultant, and I help um, small businesses uh, do better with sales, given the constraints that usually if you're a small business, you have to sell the work and then turn around and do the work. And, uh, and that can be really hard because, as it turns out, CEO and founder – our big old sales positions. So is there contact information that you want to give our people that they can, if they want to reach out? Yeah, you can find me at ashleyquintopowell.com uh, or salarynegotiation.expert. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Ashley, we can talk all day long. I mean, you, you, you're just it's such a It's been so well. fun chatting with you, ladies. <laughs> you're so amazing. Yes. yes. Um, so, you know, we're going to have to have you back at some point, I'm sure. I'm sure there's going to be something that comes up and I'm going to be like, you know, who knows something? Ashley does. Ashley. So, <laughs> so I just want to thank you so much for being here with us, Ashley. It's been a pleasure. Uh, listeners, you got that information. If you want to reach out to Ashley, talk to her. I'm telling you, this girl is knowledgeable about some salary information. So, um, I, I'm so grateful for this. I think I can go forth and communicate with my husband about continuing to not work and, and <laughs> but for everybody else who wants to be a boss wife and you are you are that woman earner um, perhaps you can join her group the bossy on Facebook you can uh, reach out to Ashley that way it sounds like an awesome thing to be a part of when I grow up one day I may reach out and try to do it thanks again Ashley we're gonna hop off of here this has been another episode of three dope wives and thank you all for being with us we'll talk to you again next time this has been another episode of three dope wives sis we are so glad you took a minute to get real with us yep listen I want you to know something every day a woman is married and a wife is made Vows are exchanged and hopes arise. Mm-hmm. And every day a woman's dreams are crushed. Crushed. Let me tell you, crushed. Crushed. <laughs> by the yep. reality of what marriage really is. True. 
stay tuned with us and we will help you survive another day of this crazy 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 married life crazy married life i promise we will now if you would like to submit a question or a topic of discussion please send your request to three dope wives at gmail.com that's t-h-r-e-e dope wives at gmail.com and we'll see you again next time girl